and we're back for another mad awesome show. Tilo, how you doing today, my dude? I'm good, man. Excited for tonight. Yeah, we've got um keep your eyes peeled, guys, because me and Tilo have actually a YouTube collab coming up very soon. We're gonna be talking about some characters we want to come to the game, but we'll we'll spare everyone the details of that until it actually hits. But kind of a kind of a slow week in SW Jewish um world this last week, right, Tilo? Yeah, real slow. Um, just trying to get used to Datacrons and getting back into the swing of things with 5v5, feeling a little bit more comfortable, but overall pretty slow. So I guess that's kind of going to be our, our natural transition to the first point. My points are actually outdated this time. We didn't, I didn't get to refresh them. But what are your overall thoughts? And we can transition right into you know this last week. But what do you think of Datacrons right now? Are they... Are you still kind of holding the same position? Do you wish they were different? Do you wish they could do something else? Um, have they been a pain in your butt, or have they been what's what's been winning you things? Uh, I'm not, where I'm at right now, they're not a extreme factor. I know, like at the top end, like the top 100, even to the top 500, it's more it's more challenging up there than where I'm at right now. But um, I'm pretty much the same position. I really like them. I think the concept of data crowns are really cool. I don't. I, I know you feel kind of the same, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. But um, but I think I like the concept of them. I think there's things that they definitely have to address, maybe, and, and maybe and it starts with health steal. I think health steal is a little bit overpowered when it comes to these data crowns. Um, other than that. I, I like the the abilities. I even like the resources and how fast we're getting them. I like that it's more of a rare commodity and you have to really choose what do you want to do. Do you want to focus on a data crown or do you want to go wide? Yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with the in-game economy, really. Like so I I have been going very soft on them. Like I've I've only spent shard shop currency and even shard shop currency. I don't, I don't buy every single one when they come through. I typically I've only bought and I think two or three of them. And I have a level nine. Like I ju just, just from conquest and just from the, I think like the MK ones and the shard shop currency, I have one level nine and I'll probably end with three level threes or something like that. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's been going, but my overall thoughts are that I like the concept of them. But I do, I do think there are some things they need to mess with. I don't, I don't actually mind health steal that much. I think, I think health steal is kind of the the real spice with the stats. But I wouldn't be surprised and or mad if they that this like the one stat that isn't in mods, which is currently health steal, rotates. Like so that if they could maybe swap swap between health steal and something like crit avoidance or something really lame like accuracy or. Some, like, they could rotate that state that stat out via month to month just to kind of shake things up. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad. Uh, but I yeah, my three big critiques they they continue to be the same. I don't want GL Datacrons. I don't I don't like the relic uh, gate as either. That really just mandates which teams can and can't yeah. get it. Like so, I have the Stunacron, and there was one time I wanted to put it on gas this last week. Oh, Rex is R three. You can't have that. Uh, so that kind of sucked. And what was the, oh, there's just, there's too much variety. Uh, it, I have, I don't have a lot of motivation to keep buying the reroll mats full well knowing that I'm not going to get the one that I want. I currently have the JMK, a level nine data cron, and it's, it's, it's the bad one. It's the, 
like the extra geo unique, which is pretty for JMK. It's irrelevant, almost irrelevant, really, because he's the last one you kill, anyways. Like he's he's the last character on that team that needs more survivability. So I I would like the protection one, but I already re-rolled it four times. I didn't get it, and I don't want to go and spend shard, even shard shop currency on the reroll mats to get it again because there's no guarantee. Um, so yeah, I like the concept. They haven't been totally brutal for me. I don't think I've won or lost any match deliberately because of them. Like my last opponent, he uh, I guess we're getting to spoilers now for the rest of this. He didn't have any good ones, and he still beat me. Uh, he had, the rest of his roster was still enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think they get they, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. But I like the concept of them as a whole. Yeah, and and that's what I've been saying too for the last couple of days is. We're still in the what? What do they call it? Exhibition stage of Datacrons. Yeah. So, so there's going to be changes. Same thing there was with GAC when they first brought it up. The maps would constantly be changing. I'm pretty sure they're going to make some changes with Datacrons as well. But I'm right there with you. Um, I, I have a level nine, the Ray one, but I don't have the Ray one that everybody wants. The 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 big damage of the ultimate. That's the one I want. Do you have the fast but, ult, uh, though? I have the fast ult. That one's really good, too. Like, that one's really, they're, really good. They're, re- they're both really good. It's just they can still get around the ult. The ult it just makes it annoying. <laughs> but uh, It's really stinking annoying, especially on defense. Yeah, and that's where I usually put it. Just throw it on defense, and that's, that's their problems. And that's what I've been doing pretty much for Datacrons in general. I actually have uh, level 6 as well for the gas, the stun. So, so we, I, I focused a little bit heavier on like the levels of the Datacrons, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's this stuff that they need to change a little bit, maybe tweak a little bit of the health steal. I liked it as a stat that we get because, especially because, like you said, we don't have them in mods, but maybe tweak it down a little bit because some of these Datacrons with like 600 health steal is ridiculous. Um, and after a certain and, point in the threshold with those, it's, it, it's just irrelevant. Like, is, is yeah. there really that big of a difference in 200 health steel and 600 health steel when Ray uses a whirlwind? Like, that's... She's yeah, going to go back to 100% health <laughs> either way. It, it, yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, like you said, there's stuff that I want them to change and maybe address a little bit. But, but the overall concept, I like it. It throws a little bit more wrench into... GAC and it's going to keep GAC fresh. We're not going to constantly have the stale GAC. It's going to allow a little bit of um, nuance in the game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I that I, that's the whole reasoning behind these that and money. But you know, that's it's it's part yeah. of what they have to do. Um, it is specifically to keep the GAC meta fresh. Yeah, well, I mean, we're not we haven't really even seen that part of it yet because that part is really arguably month two or even month four where some, where these started to get phased out like ray and jmk they're they're gonna go back to being the best gls that don't have datacrons here in about a month or two um but i'm i i guess i can be excited about some of the other ones like i i would love to see one that was special like imagine the stunacron with gas but he also does like one other thing i don't know i don't even know what they could do to make him more broken but that, that that type of stuff does excite me. Yeah, no, even even for the ones upcoming too. I know people were talking about like the the Luke one coming up. He's gonna have like tons of turns in the beginning of this battle. 
Um, but but they're all going to be broken, which is going to be fun too. And it gives us a little bit of a, a flex on the tier list. So maybe next month, Rebels are the new hotness where gas seems to be like the up and coming in this set right here, other than like, of course, the GLs, which I kind of like because it's going to keep us on our toes. And at the same time, if we're constantly gathering these materials, we're going to get to a point to where maybe you don't need to spend as heavily or invest in heavily in Datacrons. Maybe hopefully it comes in a little bit more frequently. I don't know. We'll see. But like you said, we don't have the full picture. I think it's going to take about three months when we have three sets active to really make a judgment on these ones. Well, and that's, that's the thing too, because right now only one month in, most people who are free to play, they don't have Datacrons on every, I, I, I think I can even say all free to play, don't have a Datacron for every single team that they have. I think by the time we get to the end of three months and even into the fourth and fifth month, that's going to be a lot more common where every single team, it might not be great or game changing, but they're all going to eventually end up having Datacrons on them. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be cool. Maybe you have a whole bunch of level threes, maybe a couple level six and maybe a couple level nines, but it's going to allow diversity in the roster. We're, we're already seeing it now. Like look, look at you and me, you went for the JMK one. I went for the Ray one and people go in different directions. Some people widened out with a whole bunch of level threes. Some people are just going for all the level nines. It's just going to make rosters a little bit different. And I like that because it's not the same old fight every time. Yep. Yeah. At least between, between the months, like you might get sick of it after a month or two, but that just goes away. So yeah. <laughs> all right, Tilo. So we kind of have our opinions on them and let's see how that actually has affected this, uh, this last one coming in. So how was this last week for you? How, how was match number one? All right. So match number one, um, I got to stream this one. This one was a fun one. We just started off pretty, I want to say good, but my opponent went a little bit heavy on defense, but not too heavy. We started with uh, SLKR. I used my full Mando squad, but I quickly learned if they don't have Red Trooper in there or a couple a tank, it makes it really hard for the Mandos to chew through it, which is kind of weird. It's a weaker team. You would think that they would steamroll it if they could take out the harder team. But I need the Red Trooper to make one of the Mandos, being in my case, Django, fall below that threshold so that uh, Armor could get three stacks of Beskar and be able to put it on Maul. And we completely lost this one. And um, other than that, we went Was in there. there cleaned in this it. team? No Hux either. Like this, this was trash first order. I could have got away with like using Imperial Troopers or something, something way cheaper, but I wanted to try out the counter and we failed. <laughs> um, other than that, the the fight went pretty good. Um, I got roasted in chat by Micaeus and Zareth because I didn't have my Omega unlocked, uh, which was funny too. Like every time I would watch something for Zareth, uh, let it let it be uh, create expectations. He, he had to shout me out for not having Omega unlocked to that uh, on his stream too but it, it made me laugh so now i have a little omega and she's gear 11 with three stars <laughs> i got peer pressured into that but we did get the win though we got the full clear my opponent only cleared the front bottom zone and um and yeah it, it was pretty good he left i what team did he leave up top i want to say it was my tie fighter tie fighter omicron which isn't the best defensive team i just made him waste a lot of stuff and my Star Killer, Star Killer with the Omicron, the cooldown one, 
And that team has been really killer on defense. He couldn't get past it. I think it had like three battles. I've been so, playing around with that one in arena, the the Star Killer with the the debuff Datacron. I've been able to loop with Mara Jade sometimes. Like if 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 she gets the right if you get the right RNG, she just doesn't stop. Yeah, no, that she that that team in general is super nasty. Just because you're playing all those debuffs, they almost force and I wasn't using like the best Star Killer team either. I was using old Ben and um uh, scavenger ray just because my visas is really low and um i i couldn't afford to use my gk this week so had to use old bend in there and they got holds so i was excited that's awesome and uh what about you how'd your first round go my first round it went i'm trying to remember it now actually i just i just posted about this recently uh this week was actually pretty memorable I know I know how it ended. I'm trying to remember how it started in here. Let me see if I can pull this up. I should have been... I was paying attention to what you were saying, so I shouldn't feel bad about that. Um, <laughs> You're good. Oh, okay. See, this one was interesting. So, the, oh, oh my gosh. This is the heart attack match. Um, so, I, I had to go up against a level 9 Datacron Ray, and it was the, the fast ult one that we were just yeah. talking about. And Mother of Pearl, she was getting... She was getting ults just about every 25 seconds. Because they also had the turn meter one. So her entire team went before... Or I think my, my JML went. I pushed back some things. She went, and then her whole team went. And then she pretty much... She had ult before I put one character in damage immunity. It was not looking good. So we, of course, we tanked the first ult pretty well. Her damage wasn't that high by this point. But then after that, I it was just this really scary game of pump up Jolie... Tank and ult, revive everyone, repeat. And we barely, barely, barely killed her. She was about to get her last ult. And I was just swapping turns between Cam and Jedi Knight Luke. And we had just... Cam, well, really everyone. All five characters that I brought in were important. Uh, but that was... Like, between the two of them, they had just enough damage to work her down. Because they also had, like, a 200% health steal. So every single... So all she needed was one turn and she was going to be back in full health. Or really, she was going to get her ult. And we were just going to get obliterated, but... Um, so that happened, and then I got stuck on Grand Inquisitor, because I didn't really know that Gear 12 Trio, Treya could just ram him into the ground, uh, so we had some drop battles there, and we had, we only ended up losing by, like, 13 banners or something like that, um, our opponent got stuck on ground as well, he had to blow a lot of his Galactic Legends on my front wall, uh, Lord, he tried to use the Bounty Hunter counter versus my Lord Vader and back, but with my, the cooldown increased Datacron, it didn't hold, but at the end of the day, I still lost, um, so it's not starting off super strong, but it was it was definitely a fun stream, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, no, this one I actually got to see. That Ray battle was super fun. Now, hopefully somebody clipped it too. Your reaction to Jolie was awesome. And I, and I gotta say, I love chat too, talking about uh your your love for uh Jolie. Oh yeah, and that he well, he was a running meme on my channel for the longest time before uh before JMK came in. He was um it would just seem kind of like a luxury relic because everyone was talking about how he was like, oh, my Jedi Revan can be Grievous if I have Jolie. And I'm like, I don't I don't want to do that. Like, that's that doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, and I didn't. And then JMK came around and GAC got changed. And I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to relic Jolie. And gosh, has it given dividends. Oh, yeah. 
just that fight alone. That thing was awesome. You were super excited. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, because I, I didn't think it was going to work. I didn't think it was going to work after like, you know, 20 seconds in the scene, how fast, fast Alt Ray was. But all right, Tila. So yeah, how was your, how was your second round? All right. For the second one, I wasn't able to stream this one, but man, I went on a roll on this one. So I one shot everything on the ground. And um, I believe he had three GLs that he put on defense and start killer. And, and we did pretty, we did pretty good. I averaged, no, it wasn't three GLs. I think he only had like two. I, uh, I'm getting another match confused, but we averaged 64 banners on ground. So I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like we're doing really good. We go into ships and uh, he didn't set me anything really crazy. No executor. Uh, he did send me empire. He sent me negotiator and I think Hodo. So I go in there with Empire. I use my malevolence and we get like a 70. So I was like, okay, let's go. Really good in ships. And we go against the Hodo. I use my rebels and we get a 72. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get a really good score. Then of course I go to negotiator. I had to use my first order and we fail. Screw but negotiator. I know. It, you, it, we didn't take out any characters. So we didn't even take out Anakin. So it was really, really uh... bad. I had to use my Radis, and I got to say, Radis is the best ship when it comes to after you reduce all their cooldowns. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, they yeah. went in there, they went in there erect, and uh, we managed to get the full clear. Uh, this moment did not clear a zone from me, so he attacked my front wall. He did everything one shot, got to my bam, and then he failed. And I think they just gave up because I, even with the fail, I still averaged a sixty-four banner count on all the battles. So. We did pretty good, <laughs> but I was sad about that negotiator. Messed up everything. Unfortunately, I've been there, and it, it just feels like a real—it feels like a real kick in the nads. Like I was about to get this really good efficient score, and then he just comes and he's yeah. like, "Nope." Yeah, no, I was even like showing like in the guild chat in port. I was like, "Oh, I'm doing really good. I'm excited for this one. I haven't had one of these matches in a while." And of course, ships just kind of jacked me up a little bit. <laughs> I hate that plate. All right, but cool. Yeah, uh, glad you got the win at least. Yeah, so I'm two and oh going into the championship round. But what about you? How'd your round two go? Round two, I think it went pretty smoothly, if I remember correctly. My my opponent, he I didn't see this until he attacked after I did, but he didn't do too hot. He had a bunch of fails on my front wall, and I ended up going back and um looking. He had to burn GLs on a lot of my front wall, which is really the whole point of it. And then he got to the back wall. I think he had to, I literally, I think he burned three or four Galactic Legends on my front wall, which is a very high number. And he got to my back wall and didn't even attack. Uh, and when we, we did pretty well. I don't, I'm trying, I don't think there was really a battle that stood out to me. I, I guess we had a few issues taking down a, a solo Malak that got left over. We got to blow that up with IPD. So that was a pretty fun highlight. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty solid match overall. I think we did take down. Oh, oh, there was a really stressful battle at the end versus Negotiator where I, I beat it with my crap cleanup fleet and like the last last minute with just the, the Sith Bomber standing or something like that. It was it was traumatic to say the least. But yeah, I got the win there. So coming, squaring up one and one. How was your, uh, how was your last match? All right, so this last match, I'm going to the championship round. I'm excited. I'm trying to go 3-0. and oh, But uh, I, I go into this fight... And he had placed, what did he have placed? He had placed Ray, he had placed Lord Vader, and 
in the fruit two friend zones. Ray was on top, Lord Vader was in the bottom. Fortunately for me, he didn't have a data crown on Lord Vader or Maul. So I went in there with my bounty hunters. We took out his Lord Vader. We got pretty good banners too. So I was excited about that. We go to take out his rest of his squad. We take out the other two teams. He set pretty solid defense. And then uh, we had Maul left over for the last team in that, bo that bottom zone. And I take in my Qui-Gon Omicron team. And usually it works out pretty good. But for some reason, <laughs> the the this fight was weird because I had done it the round before, or no, the round one, and we just annihilated most of the team out the first jump. And it was funny. I kind of asked Chad. I was like, who do you think I think we're going to kill for this? And it's funny. The exact opposite from everyone that picked got taken out. There was Nest on the squad. Nest got uh, like just absolutely eliminated. But the ones that I kind of figured that we would be able to take out stayed alive. And that really jacked us up. Uh, they killed our Qui-Gon team. And I go in there to try to clean it up. And it sucked because it was Maul and Django. And oh. that combination is nasty to clean up. Uh, so basically, Maul was going first, go, opening up with the AoE. And then Django would go, trigger his frenzy, and then he would just drop all five on you. And he kept on doing it. Every, every team that I had to go in there, he kept on dropping all five on us. So I eventually, after like a couple battles, like I wasted a lot of good teams. I did it with Imperial Troopers. And shout out to uh, Farrell for bringing this one out. Uh, because Piet gains uh, term yeah. meter, when, when they hit the Imperial Troopers, I think it's like 5%, we were able to stop that gap between Maul and Django and uh, be able to take it out. But it just sucks because we wasted a couple teams and we had to waste Imperial Troopers plus Qui-Gon. And we get through it. I go up top. Everything's going okay, but uh, I fail on their Bad Batch. And this is completely error on me because I took a Bad Batch. And I did, I believe it was the AoE instead of the basic. I don't know. There was a button that I pressed, and Anakin just nuked us. So there goes another team. So this is just a super sloppy matchup for me. We get to the back zone. I think we're going to be able to still kind of clear it up. But he has uh, SLKR in the back, and this was different than what he usually places. He usually takes it on offense, but for this battle, he put it on defense, and it really got him the overall win because it, it put us in a position where we couldn't make choices. Even though we one-shot all his fleet, he, he just had more stuff on offense and kind of saw what I was doing, so he just had to be cleaner, and he got the win, so real sad. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, those efficiency matches, man. Those efficiency matches, so I... Yeah, we, we came in and there were a lot of kind of rough teams in the front wall. It wasn't too bad. He had the JTR with the turn meter on. We we took an Arquagon squad. Jenna Anakin nuked the whole team. It was glorious. I mean, it was just JTR standing after. So they immediately killed Quagon. Jenna Anakin blew the entire team except JTR, and then Cam just you know tapped JTR very casually and she died. Um, we, we we just had to. We made a lot of really good plays. Like we played really stinking well. We got into the back. We beat, like, a really good C team with Talon and Malik with JML, which is very hard to do. Uh, we beat we beat a his SLKR with a 350-speed Darth Revan with Troopers. Um, just a lot of, like, a lot of tough teams that we got, like, a lot of really good wins against. And I, I felt great coming out at the end of the battle, and I opened up the game the next day, and he beat us by seven banners. And it's just like, ah. Oh. Like, like there's just so many things that, like, would typically, like, in the past, you know, several months have tripped up people. Like, 
using GG on on Star Killer. Like he he'll typically get a few kills, nothing, or the executor mayor will fail not to clean it up with something. There were so many there were so many things that I was just sure like okay he can't he can't get every single one of these and he got all of them. Um, and I didn't even looking back, I don't know. I don't like. I just don't know if we could have beaten him. Like he, he played, so he had the roster advantage. There's, there's always that, but at the same time, he played really well. Like we left him no room to breathe, and he just, he just squeezed right by it. So that one was kind of brutal, but it put us, and it really sucks because it put us in a position right now where I've only won two matches, and we only had three more for the season. So if I don't go three and zero, I'm coming out of the season in a negative, which is the first time that has happened for me, ever. Like, at, like since GAC, before, after the matchmaking, doesn't matter. I have never taken a negative season, and it's probably going to happen this month. Oh, man, that's tough. And especially with that fight, too. I think I, I was there for this one. This guy had really good mods, too, compared to yours, too. Yeah, he had like better mods. Were, yeah, yeah, he did. It, they, were, they were close, but mm -hmm. but it usually, usually you at least have, like, the mod advantage on your opponents. Yeah, and he, again, he played, he played really well, and he stuck to... He stuck to a strategy, so I can't be like, I'm I'm not mad. I'm just a little sad. Yeah. Like we played we played super well, and it was it just wasn't enough. Um, and he, what was I gonna say? We, we, even like some of the stuff I feel like we got lucky on, and even that luck wasn't kind of enough. But thing things keep changing. Uh, the game keeps growing. We'll again. I'll try to bounce back here. I almost got mashed up with Endall this week too. We were five spaces away, so we were well within range. But it looks like. Doesn't look like it's going to happen, at least this month, but we'll see if it does later on. Ooh, that'll be a fun match. That'll definitely be a fun one. But all right, that does bring us now to, uh, does bring us bring now to leg day, so let's go ahead and get that going. Let us talk leg day. Important it is. How do you think I jump so high at my age? All right, Tilo, so... What have you been working on to grow your roster? We're, we're well into 5v5. Are you are you building stuff pretty much for 5v5 right now, or have you started doing anything for 3v3? All right, so I was peer pressured into unlocking and gearing up Omega. Oh, that's right. So I, I, I did that this week. Um, no, but other than that, we're, we're focusing on Lord Vader still. We're trying to get him unlocked. We did manage to, who do I R8? Arc. So Ark's already R8. The only R8 that we need left is Dooku, and uh, he's already R7. So I should have him in the next couple of days. Then all I have left is four characters. It's going to be Tarkin, Newt, Embo, and Tusken Raider. So we're getting close there. Um, I did something a little bit maybe that I shouldn't have done. Um, I got a little too hyped on the shorty team. And I invested some <laughs> some gear and some Zetas on the squad. I probably should have waited, but we'll see what they're able to do this GAC season. I I don't see them being used on the initial attack, but for me, especially the way I play, I need teams that pack a punch, especially for cleanup squads. And I think that team's gonna be able to kind of really really give me a strong hit, especially with IG88 in there. So I'm, I'm banking on that being a nice little cleanup squad for me, but uh, I definitely over, overly invested into that squad prematurely. But uh, I think that's where I'm going to end up going after Malgus and um, Lord Vader. So we'll see. But yeah, that, that's what I've been working on. So give me give me the deeds on the shorty team. What what have you done? Did you do you have the team I've been hearing a lot about is T3 um, 
IG88, the old school yeah. one. Uh, and who are the other, who are the other two? L3 or BB8 or who who's on there? BB8 for sure, just because it's going to allow you to go first because of all the extra TM. And then I put in R2 just because I don't need him anymore, really, especially if I'm putting JTR on a race squad. So it's Shorty, R2, IG88, and T3. And I've been playing around with the turn order. Um, I have BB-8 and R2 going first before Shorty. So they're they're giving them speed. They're able to put a lot of debuffs. Um, from what I've been doing it, uh, they've been able to put around maybe 10 to 15 debuffs. And with T3, they're getting 8% um, crit damage for every debuff. So if I can time the attacks correctly and not do the AOE from IG-88 off the first jump, it allows T3 to get another turn, put offense up on IG-88, and that's when the damage really, really sets in. So I think it's going to be a team that is able to be low gear and still be really effective and possibly even take out two or three characters off the initial attack from IG-88. So, so we'll see. It, it may be just in my head. And I haven't really tested it truly, truly. But I think it's going to be able to pack a big, heavy punch um, for cleanup squads. I say, are you gonna, so it's going to be primarily an offense. You're not going to leave it on defense. No, it, it's way too low gear to be left on defense. Like my my T three isn't even at seven stars. It's almost like gear eleven. I think it's gear ten. My T three is G twelve, and then the rest of them are relics. So it's it has to be for offense. It'll get just absolutely destroyed on defense. Okay, yeah, so I have, so I, I haven't done this, and I'm probably not going to be able to do this, but I have that kind of same hankering to, like, gear up a team for Adrad. Like, I I really just want to take him and, you know, the Rogue One characters up to gear 12, slap on the Omicron, just to kind of have that extra tool sitting there. Like, yeah. I, like, you know, and this hasn't happened yet, but RNG forbid, I go up against someone who puts an Iden team down and another team that Wampa really wants to kill because Wampa just eats Iden for days, and that's all really Adrad is probably going to beat for me at Gear Twelve. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that that's what I fell into, especially because right now I'm just focusing on Lord Vader. I think I just got an itchy trigger finger, and I just started putting Zetas. I, I knew it was reckless from the start, and I'm in the same guild as Gob too. And then. <laughs> And God writes, oh, Tilo with all in on these guys. And I was like, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, God. Gom likes that kind of stuff. That's very much up his alley as well. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I hear you on the, um like, like you, you had an itch to gear something up and you just do it instead of, like, thinking about it rationally. And that's why. So I have transitioned to my leg day here. Um, right. I didn't do anything. Like, straight up nothing. The last thing I did was I geared up my... My Vandor, not Vandor, um, veteran Chewbacca in preparation for Ray, and that I, I've put a stop on Ray for the moment. I'll, I will get back there. I've got those. I still have six characters to gear, um, but now I have Fennec in my favorites, and I'm I, every day I stare at the gear piece she needs, and I know that I can't put it on until it gets to three hundred, like it's the golden eyeball, because I need two hundred and forty of these salvage pieces for Malgus. So I'm trying to be very responsible here and not not putting anything that Malgus needs because he's going to be here real quick. I mean, we're looking at less than three weeks, and I definitely want to take him immediately to R7. So I'm I'm just spinning Fennec right now, waiting waiting to see when that that gear passes the mark that I need it to. Fennec is so good, man. Like I I really really enjoy her, even if 
even if eventually maybe it gets phased out that we're not able to use it on Lori Vader, she's still going to be a super heavy hitter on bounty hunter squads, on BAM squads. I like, I really, really like her a lot. Yeah, so I mean, the her her harsh reality right now is the debuff. Uh, the debuff Datacron is really helping Lord Vader out. But yeah. it could just be as soon, not maybe not as soon, but like let's say we get to the fourth season and Lord Vader no ha- longer has his fun Datacron and there's happens to be a Datacron that really boosts bounty hunters or something like that. Uh, like yeah. whenever... I don't know, whenever a stack of armor shred is put out, everyone's cooldowns are completely reduced. So it could be it, it could be really, really brutal. So yeah, I, yeah. She, she's gonna happen. I would like to have her ready before 3v3, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome if you can, because in 3v3, she was so clutch on Lord Vader squads. But I'm but I'm right there with you on Malgus. I can't wait for him. I, I think Malgus is gonna be the character that I really focus on, like I'm going to stop gearing up these droids and really start getting those Corbantes up, like figuring dancing. But um, all the all the gear that that I think that he's going to need or or he's going to need. So just uh, just to get in preparation for him, are you going to take him to Relic Seven or are you going to boost beyond that? Maybe Relic Nine, just because he is a tank. Uh, so I typically when I get new characters, it's really 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 hard for me to push beyond seven. Uh, so he'll get seven. And if it becomes clear that a certain counter is made or broken on R8 or even R9, it'll probably happen. But I, I take time to get there. Like I took time to even I took time to put R8 on Lord Vader. Like I, I stuck with him for R7 for a minute. Did a lot of testing versus SLK. I was like, okay, he needs for this to be really consistent. He's gonna need the R8, and I, I don't regret that at all. So Magus will probably be in a similar situation. If I get into a position where I really think he needs R8, uh, he'll get it. R9 is really pricey. Like, it's got to be the difference between yeah. beating JMK Cat and not beating JMK Cat for that to happen. Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm right there with you. I'm going to let some of these other guys kind of figure that out for me. I'm definitely going to take them to R7, but anything beyond that, I'm going to kind of keep my eye on the community and see what's going on. Uh, what about your other Sith Empire? Are you in preparation to maybe get their relics up or because i think you're like me my, my sith empire is pretty low relic other than malik uh so my all mine are r4 um well okay some marauders r7 the trio so to speak is r4 and then my set is r3 and i will see we'll see how things bounce around they'll probably get r5 just because i'm assuming that our set three datacrons are going to be sith empire and rogue one that's oh yeah that, uh, that's that's what I'm imagining. So we'll, yeah, we'll 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 see if they'll probably end up getting R5 just because also I, th- I believe Malgus, like most of these pseudo legendaries or pseudo galactic legends rather, he works a lot with mastery. So I, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by leaving a lot of characters at lo- really low relic. So probably they'll at least get R5. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I recently brought up my Malik to R7, but that that's very recently. And um, the rest of them are like R4. I think Revit's even like R1 right now. So <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what, when it comes out. But yeah, a, a lot of testing has to be done because I don't I don't want to take Malgus to like if the difference. Like, let's say that Malgus beats almost everything except JMK. And then Cat still deletes your R9 Malgus first turn. It's not like it's not that constructive of a resource, at least, you know, depending on what you have to work with. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. Uh, 
that is leg day for today, Tilo. Now on to our favorite part of everything. Whose kit is it anyways? Let's do it. You ready for this? <laughs> I once not again really. do not remember anything. Um, so, Tilo, do you remember who went first last time? Um, I think you asked me first because you got mine right off the rip after I completely failed on yours. No, no, no. Oh. I, uh, you went first, so I think you have to ask me. I'm trippy. I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it'll be okay. I'm sure the viewers won't mind if we get this mixed up. Oh, wait. Yeah, because I remember yours, because you had to swap yours. I think I gave you mine first, but again, I can, we, we can, we can live with that. Oh, I did. I said the name of the character, huh? That's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I do have mine. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let me close the, the chat. All right. Uh, do I want to? <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Deal physical damage to all enemies with a 70% chance to inflict defense down for two turns. Oh, my gosh. Okay, defense down. I'm completely blank right now. That's like defense down. All right, say it again. All right, um, pull it up here. Deal physical damage to all enemies with a seventy percent chance to inflict defense down for two turns. Oh my god. Um. Oh man, I suck at this game. Um. I wonder if I could just... I'm going to say a random character. Because I need the faction for this one, for sure. Because I do not know. It's physical damage, so basic, most likely. 60% chance for defense down. Uh, 70% chance. Or 70% chance. Yeah. Deal physical damage to all enemies with a 70% chance to inflict defense down for two turns. Oh, it's, it's an AoE. You have physical damage to all enemies. All right, so AOE and defense down. I feel like it's a Jedi. I don't know why. Um, now that it plays ability block. Hmm. All right, I am going to say, because I, I'm just wasting time, because I don't even know exactly. Um, is it Ploku? It is not, but a lot of people in chat thought it was. Okay, so I don't feel as bad. <laughs> uh, so right. it, is a, it is a Rogue One character. Oh, my God. Um, I can't even I can't even say it's not relevant because of Adrad. Um, I want to say 
this should help, but I, I think my rogue one is even worse than Omega. Um, is it K2 or Cassian? I don't think it's Jin. I think we did Jin. I don't even know if she has an AOE. I know Cassian does. I'm going to say Cassian. It is not Cassian. Cassian, actually, he might do that somewhere in his kit, but he, I think he does a lot of debuffs. So this is, this is Pow. Oh my gosh! Okay, I only, right. I only know this because it pairs really well with his uh his offense up because he'll give offense up to everyone and then he'll also apply defense down on like the one turn that it, his AOE isn't on or his uh, offense up isn't on <sighs> cooldown. It's it's actually like his kit under Mon Mothma is still very very good. And, and you know what? I don't even associate with him with uh, Rogue One anymore. It's Rebel Fighters. I wasn't even thinking about him. I, I had to check because I didn't know coming into this. I didn't know which faction was smaller, and Rogue One is—it's oh, actually man. significantly smaller, I think, because I think every single Rogue One character is in Rebel Fighters and more, except for it looks like I don't yeah. think Ad Red got put into Rebel Fighter. That's crazy. I totally forgot about him being a Rebel Fighter just because I automatically assume our our Rogue One. Ah, oh, man, that sucks. All right, it's the only Rogue so. One characters that I know the kid of, so. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that right before you went. <laughs> Spoiler, mine's not real good. <laughs> You're good. All right. All right. I got my chat covered up. All right. So, deal physical damage to target enemy. If this attack is a critical hit, blank gains crit hit immunity for two turns. If this attack is a critical hit, they get crit hit immunity? Yes, for two turns. I've got one character that come to mind. Over. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it for a minute just to see if I can get anyone else that comes. But there's only there's one character that I know that does that, and I always thought it was kind of pointless given the team he typically goes on. <laughs> let me, let me, it's crit hit immunity, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Trying to think of all the characters that have that. So GK will give it, but that's not as unique, so that's irrelevant. JML will give it on his AoE. And it's unique, I think. Red Trooper? Gosh darn it, Calvin. That's two in yes. a row. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking here, I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere. Like, I had him stuck in my head. <laughs> I have to do harder ones. This is not right. <laughs> Just play. That was awesome. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's a because I always thought it was a really random mechanic, and I think the reason why it looks more random is because SLKR was reworked after, um, but because he does his team doesn't even allow for crits. So in the modern game, it looks kind of you know irrelevant, but at the same time, the um, lobster under SKR didn't always have crit immunity through advantage; she had to have the actual crit immunity. Yeah, and that's what I was banking on. It's so random that ability. I was hoping maybe, but but like you said, crit, critical hit uh, immunity is kind of a rare thing even now. Yeah, well, in characters that give it to themselves when they hit stuff, like it's it, it is kind of a weird mechanic. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll pat my back back on myself for that one. Uh, we do yeah, have no. a. I guess we're we'll call these fan entries. Um. Who is up today? That is the question. So last week was... I have these ordered. Last week, I think it was Rokaren. So we have 
Aothi this week? And let me look at Rokarens, because I can typically remember. Yeah, I, I had it last week, so this one's for you. All right, let me close chat. And... All right. Yeah, I got to close chat, too. You want me to read it off to you? Uh, Yeah. All right, so also a reminder for anyone who's in chat right now or that is uh, listening to the, the podcast form of this, you can go to our Discord or, yeah, the Discord channel, and you can also make your own entry for a kit that you want us to guess, so, or an ability you want us to guess. I'll pull it up here. All right. Deal unavoidable physical damage to target enemy and dispel all buffs on them. If any buffs are dispelled, remove 60% turn meter. Oh, gosh. All right, 60%. Um, deal unavoidable physical damage to target enemy and dispel all buffs on them. If all buffs are dispelled, remove 60% turn meter. I feel like I should know this one. Mm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the TM, that's like a big amount too. You'd think it would pop up into my head quickly. Uh, 60% is not... I have a feeling you know it too. You're real quiet. I don't. <laughs> I've, I've been talking to myself here, but I don't. Yeah, right, it's 60. it rings a bell. Like I, I know that I've definitely yeah. seen characters that you know, if a buff is dispelled, X will happen. Um, but this one, I can't. I don't. I don't remember who this is. Sixty is a lot too. Hmm. Um, gosh, deal physical damage. Is it pow? I'm gonna say pow. You're gonna have to check that one. No, not pow. Oh, well, I was never gonna get that one. Started. <laughs> All right. Um, remove a buff. If you can do that, you can remove turn meter. That that has to be a really old kit, and I think that has to be a really old kit on a special. <laughs> I was thinking Jim, but I'm pretty sure she does 100%. Flygon doesn't remove buffs on his basic. He does remove turn. It's not even that much turn meter. Deal physical damage. Tar unavoidable physical. Uh, so it, it can't be avoided. Or it can't be evaded. Physical damage to target enemy and dispel all buffs on them. Yeah, this has to be an old kit because nowadays every single character in the game has buffs on them. <laughs> old kit. Special. Remove turn meter. It's gonna be it's gonna be some one of those dumb ones, isn't it? One of those like really irrelevant characters. Oh yeah, no, no, no. If you ask some people, it's not. 
special. Move buffs. 60% turn meter. I, it's, 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 it's such, it's gotta be a really old character. Um, I'm not getting it though. Yeah, this one's not coming to mind. I'm gonna. <laughs> I got, I got a guess. I think it's wrong, but we're going to go there anyways. Bays. <laughs> nope. You're wrong. Tebow. Ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Tebow. I I thought that he had more. I thought that he only. Uh, I must be getting confused with one of his other abilities. I know. I thought he had to be stealth remove turn meter or something like that. Yep. The uh, Kadak got that off rip. <laughs> oh yeah. So he, the first if he turn. didn't, then it would be just as bad as me not getting nest that one time. <laughs> Oh, I know. Basic room is 100%. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I, I wasn't going to get that one. I was like, I was thinking, probably going to go for Jin. I know that um, Baze has one that removes buffs on one turn. As basic room is 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to get that one. That was a good one. Um, all right. Ethan, you got us. Yep. Mark that one as whacked. <laughs> oh, that was hard. Yeah, so, so a lot of people, and you're right, some people do still use Tebow in some instances here. Um, I'm talking about hitting the raids. <laughs> Today's hitting Rancor this. I guess Star Killer. <laughs> this is Tebow, right? <laughs> Can I? Woohoo, I win. <laughs> All right. Um, so that was fun. Now we're moving on to the our final segment of the show, and this will be it's kind of sad, Tilo. This is going to be our last time really talking about this as a main category. So, as always, we have to give the warning. Uh, we are going to be talking about Kenobi again. Uh, this time, we're going to be talking about the series as a whole. So, yeah, unavoidable is old lingo. You're right. Because it's un- it's un- What's the current term? Unresistible. Or something like that. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Um, we're going to be talking about Kenobi spoilers. So, if you have not seen the series, including episode 6... Please leave now or forever hold your peace. Um, but yeah, so Tilo, I think a fun way to kind of start this one, just so we don't end up repeating things that we've said, and we'll probably do that anyways. Um, but how would you how would you rank all six episodes from from? Let's do best to worst. I think that'll be more fun. Best to worst. How would you rank the six episodes of Kenobi? Um. Obviously, for me, and I almost feel like this is a really good. It's going to start off with number six, then work its way to number five, and then from there it kind of switches up. Instead of going from all the way behind, which would have been really good, but I got to say, episode one, just because it brought us back to Obi Wan Kenobi, so you know for the first time. Of course, the episode is going to be a little bit more special, and then um, from there. Episode, I want, I'm torn between episode two and episode four. We'll say episode two and then four, and then leave three for last. Really, you put three in last? Or I don't no, know. You, you can. You're you're entitled to your own opinion. No, it's just I'm trying to remember what happens in three. Three is when Vader throws Kenobi in the fire. Oh my gosh! Okay. Uh, okay, so we're gonna go one, three, and then 
two, four, four last. Okay. I think that has, but again, I think four and two are around the same level. So it's like one A, one B. Yeah. So, all right. So there's almost no variance between us. So I definitely would put, put six as one. I think, I think you're probably, I guess if you put it at two, that's also acceptable. Um, I'm the guy who likes Phantom Menace more than Return or Revenge of the Sith, so I can't speak much. Um, yeah, Episode Six is definitely number one for me. For yeah. Rank Two, I will probably put Episode One. I will probably put Episode One. I think I thought it kicked off really nicely. I think it, it set the stage. I think it um, really developed or re- really explained very well where Kenobi is now, ten years later. The fact that you know he's not doing super hot um things are kind of going downhill he's not the same person he used to be and there there really wasn't a lot that i disliked in that for an ep- first episode i mean there was maybe little filler scenes of like kind of showing you know him chopping up sushi or you know whatever but so ep- episode one and then episode five would be number three um very strong but there, there were just some and we can talk about this a little bit more later i did not love how prominent reva's story arc was throughout the entire series and episode five had a lot of Reva's story arc, like a ton. Um, and so that was kind of my my big turnoff there. So again, it, it you know, it gets third place. Um, fourth, I would have to say probably episode three. Probably episode three, then episode two, then episode four is def- definitely last for me. I, um, I, I still, I think, b- besides the Jedi Tomb, episode four was almost unsalvageable like it just did everything wrong yeah episode four the the jedi tomb is what holds it and i i think for me a lot of my rankings is it's like those moments like in episode five seeing vader pull that out of the sky and just rip it apart and then that battle with reva where he doesn't even have a lightsaber pushed it over the edge for me but but yeah i'm with you on episode Four. That that's probably the weakest, even though it has one of the coolest reveals. Yeah, I, I, I guess they didn't. They don't need to do anything with it, um, or at least yet. But that's the big thing with episode with that episode is it definitely seems they're going to be tying other things in, and maybe we talk about this now or maybe talk about it later. But what do you think are going to be the outcomes of the series in regards to other media? Because we obviously saw some very big names dropped. Um, for me, it's got to be Quinlan Boss. Quinlan Boss is the guy I want to see, and his story be told. Um, we've already got a couple stuff in canon. In Legends, his story is way more fleshed out. Like he's an awesome character, one of my favorite characters for sure. But in canon, we know that he survived Order sixty six. It's been mentioned by a few Jedi already, Luke Skywalker. Yep. But um, he has some of the coolest abilities too. Like th- this guy would be perfect for his own series i could definitely see it in the vein of a mandalorian where we don't know the outcome for quinlan boss where every week we're watching his show and um we don't know if he's gonna survive we don't know if he's gonna get caught by the inquisitors invader i think it could be really dramatic and also really really effective for the star wars universe and then it of course it would tie into the other stuff that i definitely want to see and I can see it through books, comic books. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to necessarily be a TV show, but it's the the path. I want to know yeah. what's going on with the path. Um, that's a really cool concept that even Legends doesn't have. This underground railroad system for Jedi. 
definitely want them to flesh that out a little bit more. And then um, I definitely want to know what's going on with the Jedi in the tombs. Are they alive? Are they dead? Um, what what exactly are they doing with the Jedi? We still don't have an answer for it. We could kind of speculate on what it was, but we don't have a definite answer for what they're doing with their bodies. Yeah, I mean, I think the maybe you can disagree with me, but the key thing is, there is um the key thing is there was probably them harvesting midi chlorians or studying different force powers to see how they can get the whole Palpatine thing. At where in Episode Nine, he he clones himself, sure, and that that's what the Kaminoans are for. But he also needs to develop the force power of being able to change his consciousness. Like that doesn't sound that doesn't sound easy. Uh, so I, if I had to guess, that's what they were there for. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, they're, they're fleshing this out more and more. Obviously, we see it in Mandalorian with, with Grogu. We see it a little bit with Bad Batch on Mount Tantive. I always forget the name of that one. But um, even in the comic books, the Darth Vader run, we already see that he has clone Sith acolytes that fight Vader. So, so Palpatine's deep into this. This is his main focus, and I want to say it has to do with something that deals with that, but at the same time, I feel like if it was for Palpatine, he would have it at a different location where, where he wouldn't put it with the Inquisitors. He doesn't trust the Inquisitors as all, at all. He treats them more like dogs or like... Oh, they, were, they really are, I mean. Yeah. Like, he, he can, as quickly as they come, he can let them go with no second thought at all. So I don't think if it was something to do with the cloning process that he would allow it to be with the Inquisitors. If it had to do a little bit more importance, maybe you could possibly get away with it at Vader's castle. But even then, I don't think Palpatine trusts Vader even with that information. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Because it's definitely true because I think... I think I had this old vision that Palpatine and Vader were buddies, um, maybe when I was a kid or even as a teenager. But as we got to more and more content from the time, and I think the more they wanted to humanize Vader, you know, with Anakin being stuck down there some somewhere deep down, the more their relationship does not seem equal. Like, you reference the Inquisitors oh. as dogs. But even then, Vader's like... This is going to be a really weird comparison, but he's like the butler at Palpatine's yeah. house. Like he's, he may not be a dog, but he's not family. Like he's, he is in the service of Palpatine. They're not, Palpatine might talk as if they're friends, but that's not the relationship. Um, he's very much the one in charge, very much controlling. And I, yeah, I don't, I think you're right. I don't think he would want Vader to know, uh, especially because essentially what Palpatine is dealing with involves cheating death. And if Vader can some, in some way resurrect Padme, then he's definitely going to try to kill Palpatine, like without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And no, and Vader is a stickler, a stickler to the force. Like we've already seen it in episode four, when he's talking about the death star, he's like, it fails in comparison to the force. Like, and he truly believes in the rule too. Um, the original Vader run in the comic books, Palpatine gets uh, the same person that worked on Vader's suit to make artificial force users. 
and they're vying for the position of apprentice. And Vader is absolutely disgusted with them. You guys probably seen them. They're the one that looks like Admiral Akbar with with, uh, with General Groot. Yes, yeah, him. The comic. There, there's like a Trandoshan. There's twins, and then um, like an old lady that almost looks like uh, Treya. Like they're they're really cool concept. But Vader is absolutely disgusted with them. He's more of a traditional when it comes to the Force. So I think if Vader understood that Palpatine was looking for a clone to transfer his body, he would get pissed and he would try to kill Palpatine because because it's not the way of the Sith. And even when Vader first goes to Exegol, I still don't think he truly understands what Palpatine is trying to do because he's recently gone there in the comic books. And I don't think he truly understands or grasps the surveyor or the the way Palpatine wants to do with his plans of living forever. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely, there's definitely a gap between the two of them. And we, we've mentioned him yeah. a lot now. Would you, would you entertain or be okay with a Vader series? Oh, if they do that. I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I want Vader right after order 66 hunting the leftover Jedi. Um, that would be awesome. I know we get, like I mentioned a couple times, the comic book kind of ties into that. If we get a live action version of that, where he's going out there hunting the Jedi exile to get his lightsaber, that would be awesome. Uh, some of the old legends books has him going against like five Jedi at a time and absolutely manhandling them. I want to see like that in live action. So if you give me anything to that point, oh my gosh. I would be all about it. Anything anything Vader related, I would be excited for. And it, clearly from this series, we see that Vader works in any capacity. Movie, TV show, comic books, books. Vader is 100% going to get you views. And I think that's what Disney Plus is all about. And they're definitely, if I was them, going to pursue that. Well, I think what they're, I think they're going to try to ride Hayden Christensen out. Um, yeah. I do think they need to be very, very, very careful just because what we've seen with Kenobi, if you're going to take a, ho- a house name that is big as that, you have to do right by it. And that it can get very, it can be a very slippery slope very quickly because the series can't be that big of a deal or have that big of a character or a moment if we had never heard about it before, you know? Yeah. And, and I think you could do it to where Vader is the villain and make him truly the villain, make him the boogeyman of this series. We don't see him a lot. We make the main focus on the Jedi that he's pursuing and and make them the main characters, but inevitably they do have to die because it's Vader of going up against them and, and make it to where when Vader does appear, when he is um, actively hunting them, you feel his presence and you understand why Vader is Vader. That way you can have a show involving Vader but at the same time, we're not sitting there and allowing them the opportunity of maybe Vader looks a little weak or Vader looks a little bit not the way he should be. So that way we get him in the show, but at the same time, he's not the main focus. And I think that's the way they need to handle him. So would you be down for like a six or eight episode? I don't want to call it an anthology series, but it would essentially be an anthology series all focused around different Jedi, maybe like Quinlan or Cal or whoever, where the climax of every single episode and you kind of know it's coming, but that it all happens in different ways of Vader shows up on the scene. Oh, I would absolutely love that. And honestly, you could do seasons, make um, first season about X Jedi, 
next season about X Jedi. I think an episode might be a little bit too fast. That way we don't get emotionally invested in them. Make it a maybe a, a six episode series like this Obi-Wan show. That way you can really flesh out some of the Jedi characters like a Quinn the Boss, like a, like a Cal Kestis or anybody if you want to make a new Jedi. But that way we get emotionally involved with them mm-hmm. and, and maybe even have it to where there's a chance that he gets away. There's a chance that Vader kills him. That way we're not always expecting Vader to kill them. But at the same time, we're, we're scared for that character because it is it is in an Obi-Wan where we know he lives past this point. Yeah, I say they have to again. They have to be careful because they can't, they can't bring in six Jedi and then all of them get away. Because at that point, Vader just looks. It makes Vader look way too bad. Like it almost. I, I would be okay if only like one of them survived. And but I don't. Again, I don't know how people would feel about that. Like you get attached to Cal Kestis playing. You know, let's say they end up having three video games of him, and then he just gets killed in a. 50, 40 minute episode of something on a one off, like his first live action appearance, and he's out of here. Oh man, <laughs> that would hurt. But but they can never do what they did in this series. You can never have Vader to the point where 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 he gets beat down like the way he does with Obi Wan or like the way he does with Ahsoka. He would have to always be the most dominant presence in any other TV show that doesn't relate to these other characters. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't knock it, but I just think they. It's again one of those things they need to be really careful with. I don't. I don't want to get another Reva situation where someone kind of outshines him. Yeah, no, we definitely don't want that. And I and I don't have a problem with Reva and her story. I definitely want to figure out what's going to be the end goal because obviously she's not a Jedi. She's not a Sith. But uh, I, I, I feel like they could have saved this maybe for another series and give us a little bit more focus on Obi-Wan. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm curious as to where they're going to go with things, too. Like, Corrin Horn got introduced and, like, showed multiple times. But, yeah. like, are they going to are they gonna make a series or a movie about him as a kid? Or are they just going to, like, throw him into the time of Luke and we're going to see him around the Mandalorian's time? Or What I personally would love, and this is something I, like, I was talking to my brother about, is I hope that through all these initial shows that they're kind of bringing out, they're, they're setting up the new Jedi Order. Mandalorian, we got Grogu. In this show, maybe we get Corrin Horn. Maybe in um, um, Andor, another child of the Force is introduced. So eventually we get to the point where we go past the sequels to raise uh, Jedi Order, and we finally get to see an active Jedi Order past what we saw in the Clone Wars and in the prequels. I would love that. And especially with chills. Like I, I just yeah. saw, <laughs> I just in my head I have this vision of a council and you yeah. like raise the Grandmaster. Sorry to anyone who doesn't like that, but raise the Grandmaster in a city next to her, like you just go around the circle. It's Cal Kestis, it's Grogu, it's Ezra. Like that's that'd be really cool if that that was the whole plan with this was to to bring in a not just a new temple or a new whatever, but a, a new Jedi council built up of people who have wildly different experiences. Yeah, and, and it would be such a smart thing for Disney because you would already have an emotional investment to everybody on the council or a lot of people in the Jedi Order, even if they aren't council members. 
But I, I think that would be really cool. And then it gives them enough time to make a really solid story for the new series. And uh, I know we talked about it before, it, it, putting Dark Crate in there. Oh, uh, yeah. That would, be, Thanos. that would be cool, too. But even if you don't do that, make another villain, but allow them to be the main heroes. Because I think when it comes to the sequels, I enjoyed them. But I felt like I didn't have a connection to them as a whole, as a group like you did in the OG trilogy with Luke, Leia, and Han. That felt like the main core, and they were almost constantly together throughout the movies. And I feel like Ray, Finn, and Poe were constantly separated and weren't allowed to gel. But if they did that in the sequel trilogy with characters that we already have a relationship, I feel like that's a foundation for a really solid trilogy. What it really, so- it really sounds like an MCU is what you're talking about. Like, not only have yeah. you mentioned the Thanos thing, but it, you're, we're, we're going for an Avengers Assemble type of deal where, you know, Captain America, he came in, but he was a, from 100 years ago and then he was frozen or something like that. And then you got these new heroes and then you have someone coming from outer space. That's it's really seems like the way that I, if, if what you're saying is true, that seems like the way this is going. Yeah, and it would be cool. Imagine Grogu's like, hey, I know a guy. We can go visit him. And then you go, you see old man Dinjari. Like, you have a hundred possibilities that you could do. It would be awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't... I, w- I wouldn't shoot it down again. I just I really hope... Because there's a right way to do this, and there's a lot of wrong ways to do it. Oh, a hundred percent. You could make a wrong turn on the way to get to that point easily. So it, it's definitely going to be like, like figuring Dan saying, you need a capable writer like Favreau or somebody else that's really in charge of Star Wars in general. And I think they do eventually need like a Kevin Feige, someone that yeah. is really in charge of the story going forward and allow them to really cultivate what's going on. But at the same time, giving like directors and, and, and people the, the freedom to tell their story, but have an overall direction where they need to head to. Yeah, rather than just a bunch of random stories stitched together. But I, it does kind of yeah. feel like they are going that way. Even with the with the series that we're getting now, there do, there does seem to be um a little bit of overlap like i mean we, we even see that's one of the nice things that's been good for uh, galaxy of heroes is that we do um like fennec they did that they did with fennec like oh so you know post revenge or Re- return of the jedi here's this character also this is what she was doing 30 years earlier or whatever um they've already kind of dipped their toes into that we've seen that with bo-katan as well uh, she's in the Mandalorian, and she also has traces back to steps in the Clone Wars. Yeah, they could. I think they could do that. Yeah, and I think they already have there. And this was probably going back to like the Marvel style and the Marvel format. That would probably be a phase two. I think the real Thanos for phase one is definitely going to be Thrawn. And from whatever everything I'm hearing, I definitely see that that's going to be their main focus. And a lot of these shows are going to to go into that direction. But it'd be really cool to see if that them already establishing stuff for that second phase. Well, and that's I kind of like the idea of Thrawn for phase one, too, because similar to Loki. Yeah. I so, so I don't I don't know if there's canon for this. I need to read his book. I need to read his um the new books that have been coming out. But I think there's room for him to be good in in some respects. Like, he's only on the bad side because he needs to be there to get things done. Um, I don't know if I would say that he's inherently evil. Oh, no. No, he's, def- he's definitely not. 
he, he the, he's evil because he sees everything so logical. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you see that in real life. A lot of times where you see people that are more logical thinkers than emotional thinkers, and sometimes they can seem a little bit more standoffish or a little bit more cold. And I I, I put Thrawn in that category, but at the same time, he's not he won't pull punches. If if oh, that's no. his goal, he, yeah. He's he's gonna take that person out if that helps his goal, if that helps his people. His people are his number one for him. So whatever's gonna help his people, even if he has to perform horrible acts, that's what he's gonna do. And that's what happened with the Empire, why he aligned himself. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, so if he's the phase one villain, he can eventually like flip-flop a little bit, do what he needs to do to eventually be pointed against the ultimate villain for phase three or four, whatever it is, which would be again, dark crate. And even if they don't have dark crate, like someone to that 100%, I'm just thinking out loud here. Yeah. Like, but, it, but I could definitely see that'd be a really cool twist. And I think a lot of fans would be open to that. That way we have a, a different outcome than what we had in the EU where Thrawn dies after the events with Luke Skywalker and, um, and and all that that way we get a little bit of different storytelling i can i definitely would love to see interactions with some of these light side characters with thrawn that'd be cool yeah i would too i would i don't i don't know how the og thrawn fans feel about that because i know that he's a very near and dear character that cannot be messed up um i don't i don't know there's something super important to his character that he can't be a good in any way or he can't be on the light side in any way shape or form I I, I would see him as more of like an ally that they don't really have close. They only call out of necessity. I I could see something like that. But at the same time, I could definitely see him going down with the ship and completely trying to take out his enemy, which would be probably the new Republic. So it can go either way, I think. All right. Well, we'll we'll see what they do. But I'm I I am excited for everything that is still going to be coming. But I think that does pretty much wrap it up for today. Is there anything else you would like to add before we call it here? um no uh just you guys can catch me on twitch um doing my gacs and we're posting on tiktok too so if you guys like tiktok search me up on there i post a lot of my intro videos on there so yeah that's about it for me yeah and again i mentioned this at the very beginning of the cast but i'll I'll mention it again now me and you are working on a two-part video for youtube this this week should be out thursday so keep an eye out for that but Thank you guys for being here. As always, stay mad awesome.